0: Part of what ends up happening when you create this ritual or you schedule things, it creates a sense of order. And a sense of order creates a sense of calm. So when you know that you can establish something that's more predictable within your own home, then it feels more ordered, and then it feels more calm.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Around three o'clock in the afternoon last Tuesday during the first official week of quarantine for us, the news was getting really scary. And I remember instantly feeling super anxious, freaking out that I didn't have a fleshed out plan for what to do in my business and most importantly in my life. There have been moments of chaos and reactivity, which honestly doesn't serve anyone. We've experienced all the emotions, but fear and doubt have reared their ugly heads more than once. And my husband, who for years has been the calming rock I always anchored onto, began having debilitating panic attacks that would go on for hours on end. There are no words to describe how scary those panic attacks have been for the both of us because initially it was so easy to think they were something else, something scarier. And during those moments, my worrying went through the roof. During his physical panic attacks, I felt completely hopeless. I found myself scrambling to figure out how to help him from home because we couldn't take him to the doctor's office. And that feeling didn't let up until we tapped into some powerful tools that eased his physical panic sensations that literally would come out of nowhere. It's these very tools that I'm planning to share with you today because I have a feeling that you or someone you know is experiencing heart racing panic attacks or anxiety or overwhelm or maybe a combination of all of those things. And who isn't right now? It's an uncertain time in our brains have absolutely no idea how to account for all this unknown and uncertainty. None of us really know what's going to happen in the coming months, and your brain perceives that as a threat. But I want you to know that you don't have to struggle alone. This episode is devoted entirely to you and anyone that you love that needs simple tools to ease their anxiety right now. After listening to my conversation with Dr. Joan Rosenberg, my go-to doctor on emotional mastery and shifting our mindset from an anxious state to a calm state in a very safe and easy way, I want you to share this interview with someone in your life who needs these tools. Right now, as we embark on COVID-19 pandemic craziness, many experts are also calling this the anxiety pandemic. And that's because anxiety is the most common health issue in the U.S., with 70 to 80% of Americans experiencing anxiety right now, or at least once a month. In the midst of unexpected change, social distancing, quarantines, and tons of unknowns, anxiety and stress can feel unavoidable. And anxiety has become the most crippling manifestation of stress. As you may experience in the last two to three weeks, anxiety threatens our outlook on life, causing us to wake up or go to bed worrying but there is hope we can shift our mindset about this pandemic in another way i want you to consider asking yourself this very very important question it's designed to shift the way that we think about this whole thing and that is why is this experiencing happening for me not to me There is a massive distinction in this question. So often it's easy to fall into the mindset of wondering why it's happening to me. Each of us have the power to actively shift the question and see it from a different perspective. And that's exactly what Dr. Joan Rosenberg is going to give us today. She will be providing us practical, actionable tools to structure and control our mindset and shift our emotions. And if you want more resources, I want to recommend to go back to episode 178, which just happened last week, which focuses on, are you addicted to stress? If so, how to manage stress with three strategies. Now, this episode goes into how the physiology of stress works, how it impacts the body, but how you can notice that physiology and then shift yourself. This has been a huge part of my healing journey over the last several weeks and strategies that I've used over the years as well. Now, it's not meaning that you're going to see something on the news and not react to it, but at least once you react to it, you can recognize it and shift it. I also want to share a powerful supplement that Alex and I are taking right now during these times when things feel really ramped up emotionally. It's a supplement that I formulated called Calm and Restore. The main ingredient is Pharmagabba, which is a highly absorbable, highly concentrated natural form of GABA, which is used by the brain to help ease nervousness and scattered thoughts. Calm and Restore is a chewable and it works crazy fast and it calms the mind and halts racing thoughts, which has been a game changer for me. As a result, you can feel it very quickly, and it literally just eases acute stressful situations. I've been taking one to two per day, and I'm always amazed at how quickly it relaxes my mind, especially when I pair that chewable with a calming essential oil blend like lavender and bergamot, like that little that little duo. My supplement and the oils have been the game change for me. So if you want to check out this chewable, I call it the instant chewable tranquility supplement, the calm and restore supplement. You can find the link in the show notes in case you're looking for a nutritional recommendation to calm your mind and ease that anxiousness. So now that you have a couple of tools already to get you started, I wanted to quickly share your wins before I bring on Dr. Joan Rosenberg, because even now, we deserve to have wins when it comes to our health. Every day, every single day, I hear from new listeners that were recommended by you. One such listener is Cindy, and she reached out to me on Instagram And let me tell you, Instagram has been the place that I have been hanging out. It is my favorite place. Right now I'm doing a ton of interviews with incredible experts on IG Live to provide you with more resources on how to support you during this pandemic. We're also taking those videos and we're putting them on YouTube on my Dr. Marisa channel. So in case you missed the IG Lives, which are pretty much happening every day, you can then catch those videos on YouTube as well. Now here is what Cindy had to say. There has been so much conflicting information on what to do to stay healthy, but I absolutely value your immunity podcast. I appreciated the practical things that we can do from our homes right now without a bunch of fancy supplements. Your advice resonated with me and my family, so we are doing all the things that you recommended. I am hoping that the steps we take are going to create success for us if we do encounter the coronavirus. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Cindy. I am so happy to shout you out. You know, we deserve easy, simple solutions inside of our home. I believe that first and foremost. And I promise to keep showing up and giving you, Cynthia, and every woman what they need for this show. And if you're listening, Cindy, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oil book. I swapped the books out this week because so many people are buying the Smart Mom's Guide for do-it-yourself green cleaning, personal care, immunity blends. And I thought that would be a really great book for you and your family. So just reach out on Facebook or Instagram where you found me, at Dr. Marisa, and we will get it sent out to you ASAP. Now, if you are listening, welcome to this powerful episode. And if you want to know which episode Cindy was talking about, it was episode 175, the top 10 ways to immediately boost your immunity and stay healthy. That episode has my top 10 tips to instantly implement to help ensure that your body is in peak condition in case it comes across any environmental threat. And if any of these interviews have helped you in any way, I would love to shout you out as well. You can reach out to me on social media, on podcast platforms, iTunes. You can review this podcast. And the beautiful thing about that is I get a sense of what you're looking for and we get the message out there. That way, together, we are changing the way women think about their bodies and empowering them with the knowledge to become the CEO of their health now let's dive into this epic conversation on how to overcome the anxiety pandemic by managing our mindset with dr joan rosenberg but before we do i want to quickly sing her praises dr joan rosenberg the creator of emotional mastery and the emotional mastery training is highly regarded expert psychologist master clinician trainer and corporate consultant As a cutting-edge psychologist who is known as an innovative thinker, trainer, and speaker, she has shared her life-changing ideas and models for emotional mastery, change, and personal growth with professional educators around the world. She's a two-time TEDx speaker, and as a member of the Association of Transformational Leadership, she has been recognized for her thought leadership and influence in personal development. Her book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, is a must-read during these times, and we're going to talk a little bit about that during the interview. Let's bring Dr. Joan Rosenberg on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Joan Rosenberg. How are you doing today, Joan?
0: I am awesome. I am awesome. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. You know, you and I, we're both navigating this time together along with everybody else in the world. And you are my go-to expert when it comes to navigating fear, uncertainty, emotions, not knowing what kind of emotions are coming out and how to process those emotions. And I know that this has been, I I can't even imagine how many conversations, how many videos you've been on in the past week or so because so many people are so desperate for your advice and so tell me how has it been for you just helping people to navigate through this time
0: Uh, you know what i feel like it's consistent with what i do just in general but it, it has been busier i've probably done six to eight kind of different interviews or more in the past seven days so i'm staying with it and i totally understand that this is a super important time Actually, be in charge of of your mindset. So I'm just grateful that people and for you, I'm grateful for your kind words, and I'm grateful that people trust and have an understanding that there's a other ways to look at what's going on, and that they um, see me as a person that can serve and contribute in that way.
1: I love that, and I know when we had a brief little conversation on the phone, a big focus was kind of exactly what you said was how do we manage our mindset? Because right now it feels like Everything's happening to us, but we really have a lot of choice in how we feel or how we process emotions, how we want to manage the way that we approach all of this. So talk to me, Like, what, is it, what does it mean specifically to manage our mindset?
0: Here's the way to think about this. This is a time of profound loss for all of us, and it's a, it's a time of uncertainty and unpredictability. And the speed at which everything happened really is jarring. But that doesn't mean that we can't actually manage what we're going through in a way that's not quite so reactive, and instead that we go, all right, okay, I don't really know what's going on, but I have the present moment that I can be in charge of, right? Are there lots of challenging circumstances that are happening around us? Is it a difficult situation? Heck yes. So let's look at that realistically and acknowledge the truth of that. And then also understand that if we just stay in a a worrying and panicked state, that we're giving into the reactivity. And instead, what we can do is we can be in charge of what we're thinking, and we can be in charge of how we think it. So that the idea is that uh, be concerned, yet be calm. And that part of the way you do this is to, again, to acknowledge the unpredictable, but to be in charge of what you think. My focus for people, and if I make it pull it down to just one sentence, is to think, to speak, and to act in the direction you want to go.
1: That's powerful. Go deeper into that because a lot of people, I bet they're hearing this, okay, I got to think, I got to say, I got to act how I want to be, how I want to manage this. And I know a lot of people are still thinking, I don't know how to do that. Joan how do i how do i change this feeling that i'm having i'm i'm on instagram i'm on social media i'm seeing the updates on the news and it just feels like it's kind of tumbling around me what is a strategy or a tool set that i can use to even though that's happening like we're in it adversity is happening and life is going to always have adversity in it it's how we manage those moments in the now that really dictate how it's going to look for us moving forward but how do I change my state? How do I change my physiology if I am feeling like there's this this restrictive, panicky emotion that's that's going through me?
0: Again, recognize that that the reactions is, you're having are normal. First part. Second part is even even as you were talking, it's like slow down slow down your breathing. So one of the things that people can do is actually literally to slow their physiology down, and the simplest. Most effective and fastest way to do it, uh, paradoxically, is to engage in slow, deep breathing. So you can't be in a state of anxiety physiologically and a state of calm simultaneously. So if you slow your breathing down and, and really take slower, deep breaths, it actually literally you, you can't, changes the other state. So physiologically, what one can do, slow, deep breathing and do it extended. And, you know, d- d- you know, many people talk about kind of a, uh, they, they up-level the count, so it might be a four-count in, a six-count hold, and an eight-count exhale. And do that for five to ten minutes. And every time you remember to do it, or you think about it, and then practice it. So you could actually train your body physiologically to slow down. The second thing, based on what you were saying about social media and the TV, and the, what I would say is stop all of that. To keep the TV running or to keep ongoing commentary about the virus running is not helpful for the body physiologically. One of the other things I would have people do is find one or two or three times at most during the day that you're gonna check in on the virus, right? And check in on the news you think is most important. Because it's it's a little bit like 9-11 for people. And what happened with 9-11 is that people were glued to the TV. But all they did was continue to replay stuff. And the more you stay in that replay, the more amped up you stay and the more traumatized. It's like, it's what what I call vicarious traumatization. You might not have been in it directly, but just by watching it, you're actually keeping your whole system on hyper alert and hyper vigilant and traumatize yourself just by watching. So cut back the time, very practical suggestion, just really narrow those windows of time that you actually allow yourself to, to look at stuff.
1: You're absolutely right. Everything's on replay. It's not like there's a lot of updated news happening multiple times a day. We're just seeing the same thing over and over again. And I talk about this a lot on the show is how the brain is just trying to protect us. And the brain just keeps censoring, it just keeps picking up threats. And the brain doesn't know the difference between you watching something or something actually happening to you. And it's just trying to do the best it can do. But we get stuck in these loops like you're talking about. And the news just keeps shoving us back into this loop. Is that kind of what's going on with us?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other part of it is that when, when we, from a brain standpoint, when we experience something that's unfamiliar, then the brain perceives that what's unfamiliar as a threat. It, it perceives it as dangerous. And none of us have been quarantined to our homes. And none of us have had exposure to this kind of a virus before, right? So the, so we're, the brain is simply going, well, where do I put this? This is unlike everything else I've known, right? So until we get into, the, if you will, the familiarity of the, of, the, of the quarantine, of being sheltered at home, and we start to then make use of that familiarity to calm us down, then we can be more focused in the present and we can begin to make decisions about how we want to use the time.
1: Hmm. Talk to me about decision-making when we're in a kind of a panic state versus decision-making when we're in a more relaxed state. Because I think sometimes I I feel like a lot of us are making very reactive type of decisions and we don't realize that we can be in a different state and it could really create a different type of creative solution for us.
0: Thank you. That I give you an example. I was in a conversation with one of my clients last week. She's got two kids. She's actually in a in a decent position. She's still working. And she was talking about how anxious and panicked she was. And and I said, I said, look around you. Are you safe? She goes, Yes. I said, Do you have food? Yes. Shelter? Yes. Friends? Yes. Family? Yes. Community? Yes. Oh, then can you be calm and concerned? As opposed to anxious and panicked. Well, what about my kids? You know, is that the well, same thing? Or what do they have? So part of it is bringing yourself back into the present moment and checking around you, knowing, and if you're if you're taken care of and resourced, then then bring yourself back to calm. What I asked her is like, can you be creative and can you think about contribution? you're well-resourced right now. So that's a calm place to be. And so one of the things that people can do is to think of how they're resourced, to look around them, so, literally look around. And again, some people will not be in this as well-resourced as this woman is, but, but you can look around. And if there's community, connect to the community. So there's ways to calm yourself down, to then be in charge of how and what you think through this experience. Mm.
1: And I love the concept of contribution. You know, I learned a long time ago, you know, it's hard to be in a funky state or a crappy state when we're helping other people who are not as well-resourced, who do not have the privileges or all the, you know, the, the setup that we may have. So how can we look around into our community and see who needs help? And wow, that really shifts our mindset really quickly.
0: Yes. yeah, it does. So there's, there's a, a three kind of really big things that I think about. I think about connection, community, and contribution during this time. So, so some of the big questions, if people have the opportunity, it's, it's, it's also a period of contemplation. This is an opportunity. We're all sheltered, right? Or most of us are sheltered or should be. It's a time for self-reflection. And so questions that I would invite people to to ask themselves is, how do I want to be now and how do I want to be going forward? And how do I want to show up? So again, if you're well-resourced, then look around. Look for the ways that you can be in connection with other people. Look for ways that you can foster a sense of community and look for ways that you might be able to contribute. Even if it's a phone call to somebody or, or talking with somebody you haven't talked to in a very long time, that's all contribution and it's connection.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, easy as grabbing your phone, sending some text messages, checking on other friends and family. It's really easy. I mean, you let's just grab our phone and use it for a different purpose. Opposed exactly. to getting goes to getting exactly. into the news.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely.
1: I would love to shift our conversation a little bit to talking about routines and rituals and schedule. Clearly, everything has gotten flipped upside down. A lot of us are home and it can look very different for each and every one of us. And I find that if we aren't creating structure or rituals or schedule, it can still feel very up in the air about how we should manage our mindset.
0: Yes, absolutely. So so here's the deal with with creating a ritual or creating creating a schedule. So think of what we're coming out of right now is chaos. We're in chaos and we're also coming out of chaos at the same time. Not chaos on a broader level still exists. Chaos maybe within our own home is I mean it may feel disordered right now, but when you create a routine or you schedule things. So if you've got kids at home, that, you know, obviously many of them may be on a school schedule, honor that school schedule, even though you're home with them. And if you have to work, create a schedule around that. So it's not disordered at home. Part of what ends up happening when you create this ritual or you schedule things, it creates a sense of order and a sense of order creates a sense of calm. So when you know that you can establish something that's more predictable within your own home, then it feels more ordered, then it feels more calm. So the, the whole purpose of, the, of doing that has to do with actually finding something that creates more calm for the brain.
1: Kind of sending the brain safety signals that everything is good to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we all, we all operate with good scheduling, with rituals, you know, kind of creating order in our life or a routine in our life. And I think that we have the ability, even though it looks like a different type of scheduling, it looks like a different type of routine. We can create our kind of now new normal. I mean, clearly our new normal can change again back to the way it used to be, but we have an opportunity to create a new normal right now. And Joan, honey, what are some of the things that you're doing for your new normal? Like what, I know that, y- I know that you work at home sometimes as well, but I know that you're home just like myself, pretty much 24 seven. What is that new normal for you looking like?
0: So for me, new normal means actually probably getting more sleep. And because I'm not in the fast paced demand in terms of out and about and doing all the different things I was doing, my nutri I can be much better about my nutrition. And also it's allowing me to build in things. And this is the thing I was also going to suggest is as you're creating that schedule, think about building in things you haven't built in before. So for, for me, a regular time of meditation, it's building in time for that. In fact, it's, it's creating that schedule first and then building my appointments around that schedule, right? So so, which is a different way for people to, to think about it. So one of the things you can do in this new normal is build in the nutrition, build in the exercise, build in the meditation, build in the journaling, build in the rest, and build in the things you don't typically do, as well as, I haven't had the chance to do this yet, but one of the things, I, I'd like to complete some courses. So it's again, you can use it as a time for curiosity and creativity. So I want to complete new courses, and I also want to learn new things. So you can learn new skills during this this time. So it's, there's, again, it's, and this is where we're taking charge with our minds and not focusing on the circumstance. Instead, we're focusing on kind of who we want to become and what we want to do.
1: Mm. I love that. You know, I, I work a lot from home already. And, and in, a, in a lot of ways, quarantine felt like my normal. It's I mean, it's a little a little bit abnormal. But for the most part, you know, it, it's business as usual here. But one of the things that I've been doing, and I'm pretty consistent. Like I have two versions of self-care in the morning. My my I call it the Bentley of rituals. And then I've got like the I got to get by non-negotiable rituals. And either way, I got to do one or the other. And I've been able to do more of the Bentley version of my rituals and I have my scheduling doesn't come on until a specific time. So I have that expansion to do that. We have been, my husband and I, over, over dinner, we've been watching, you know, Mary Morrissey is one of your, your mentors and, and we've been watching a ton of her videos over dinner and just connecting in with the personal development. So there's a lot of little tweaks that we've made to our everyday life that have felt just more expansive. And always the question every day I ask is, how can I show up? what what can i do from where i'm at with what i've got and and that's pretty much how we've been operating and it has felt so good i'm still i mean i don't know how to not be productive i'm not going to pretend like that's not the case but it's felt very different and it's felt really good in the whole process of it and i think it's just for us it was just changing the way we we thought about it and so i love your recommendations here
0: awesome so this is a perfect example of in terms of how your Exerting choice in how you're approaching, so rather than rather than having more TV on, you're choosing person right. You're choosing personal development, so whether it's Mary or somebody else. You're choosing into something that's helping foster your brain, right, and is is growthful, as opposed to keeping you in a panicked or anxious state. So this is and this is part of what I'm talking about in terms of the choices we can make.
1: Absolutely, like Netflix has not been on. At all. I know a lot of people, and and I'm, get into your Netflix, get into your shows. But for us, we just decided that in that time together, we want to be able to grow together. And I hope that when people are listening to our conversation today, today, that they're thinking to themselves, huh, how is it that I can kind of grow a little bit? What book have I not read in a while? Or I want to go back to, because yes, there's very, it's very, I was on the phone with my mom yesterday. We did a little FaceTime and my mom is, she, I am literally my mother's daughter. She is front and here to there and everywhere. She handled business. And I was on the phone doing a little um, little Facebook or FaceTime live with her. And she told me, she's like, you know what, Marisa? She's like, you know, it's it's almost hard for me to admit, but I am so happy that I get to be home right now. I really needed this. I, I need the time to organize my life. I needed the time to organize my home. I've got my little yoga set up. I'm watching my yoga videos. Well, she's actually doing yoga, not just watching yoga videos. Right, right, right yeah. But I was listening to my mom and I was like, who is this woman, I don't know who this woman is. I'm pretty sure I'm like, wait, are you my mama real quick? Let me just check in. (laughs) Maybe here's some other woman who swapped with my mom. And I was like, okay, if my mama can do this, like if my mom can, can tap into what feels good for her, I'm like, anybody can tap into what feels good for them.
0: And I know that Mary also talks about this and other personal development. People use the same question. It's turning an experience that someone can look at and go, why did this happen to me? And instead shifting the question to why is this happening for me? So your mother is responding in a way that she's, oh, okay, how can I make this for me? Oh, look, I can go do yoga. I can declutter and I can reorganize all those different kinds of things. I look at kind of the flip sides, given what your mother's describing. It's both a time of completion as well as a time of creativity.
1: Talk to me about completion. Talk a little bit about what that means for us.
0: If you're at home and you've got projects that you haven't done, or to your point, books you haven't read in a long time, or the personal development things you wanna you wanna tune into, in places where you have open loops where there's projects that have not been completed or things that you've wanted to do and you've held off on, then get them complete. It actually will give you more energy to declutter, to reorganize, to complete projects, all those different kinds of things so that your your energy will actually lift naturally it's like an organic lift as you as you kind of close the loop and complete something so so that's that's what i'm talking about from the sense of
1: completion Hmm, I love that. And also I think about like in terms of looking at those projects is these are action steps. Like we can take action and, and when we are doing something with purpose or we're doing something that we want to do, it really is, it's not just a distraction. It is like moving us forward in the right direction.
0: You know what? That's hundred percent true. And, and the, the way to think about it is that taking action actually decreases anxiety. If you think about the kinds of things that, that you can do, then every one of those action steps actually pushes back against an anxious state.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I know Joan has a better way of saying this than I do. I was, okay. but no, I always go. feel like if I'm in, if I'm moving in that direction, it just, it, things just kind of melt away. So, what I've loved so much about this conversation is one awareness is so key. Two, the breath work to change that physiology, to send the brain safety signals that say, we're good, we're safe, doing that little check around like, okay, I got food, I got housing, I've got my heaters running, you know, whatever those things are, I've got connection and friends. What can I look to do? How can I create rituals? How can I create routines? And what are some things that I've been wanting to do on my list that finally I've got some expansion to do it? Right. Now we've just, we've got a whole, it's a whole different ballgame.
0: Yes, yes, it is. And now your brain is in. Now your mind is in charge, right? You're you're in charge yes. of your mind because you're moving in a direction that's actually growthful and supportive.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Any last little little takeaways, little tidbits you want to just share with us before I have you share how to plug into you?
0: You know what? I would come back to where we started, Marisa, and that and that is my thing is that understand you don't have to stay in a state of reactivity. And you don't have to stay in a state of high alertness and alarm, right? So pull back from the media and, like I said, make that very contained. But the other is be in charge of what your mind thinks about and go at it from the standpoint of thinking, speaking, and acting in the direction you want to go.
1: Hmm, I love that. Oh, that is so good. All right, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, where can we find you? Share your book, All the Good Things, so we can plug into so much more goodness.
0: Oh, thank you so much for the, for the ask. DrjoanRosenberg.com is the best place that has the consolidation of, of everything that I'm doing. There's two TED Talks on there. But, but what I want to do, actually, uh, Maritza, is make available my, there's an easier anxiety book that I wrote a few years ago. And it's a whole different way to look at anxiety, which is and my understanding that is that people are now calling this the anxiety pandemic. And what I'm doing is I'm giving it away for free. So if they want to go to drjoanrosenberg.com forward slash anxiety forward slash reset, then if they just want to opt in, they can get the PDF of the book for free.
1: I love it. Well, we are going to have the show notes. It's going to be in the show notes. So we'll have the link directly to the download for the book. Just put your information in and grab it. This was Dr. Joan Rosenberg's first book, and she really dissects what anxiety really is and provides so many great skills and tools to really get us back to that place of center and calmness. Yes, I've heard that myself, This the anxiety pandemic, and I know that you have some pretty strong thoughts around that as well. I do. I do. <laughs>
0: and then the and and then the other thing that i would direct people to is the is the the third book i wrote which is uh, 90 seconds to a life you love and it covers everything you know from it, it makes a really big difference in terms of people being able to manage their emotional state i talk about anxiety in that book as well but it's a it's a much more kind of it's a, it's a bigger change agent but it really it's uh, made a big difference in a lot of people's lives
1: It has. Oh my goodness. That book is the bee's knees. (laughs) I will have it on. I'll have the Amazon link for that book as well. So you got the, the free book, but also, I mean, if these are resources that you or someone in your family needs, and I have a feeling that someone in your family is needing it, this is the woman to go to. I mean, this is why I brought her on is because I want to be able to bring each and every one of you the best resources out there. And Dr. Joan Rosenberg is the go-to for so many people. So Joan, thank you so much for doing the work you do every day.
0: Thank you, Marisa. Same back to you. And again, I'm, I'm both grateful and honored to serve. Thank you.
1: Oh my goodness, absolutely. I'll see you soon, my dear. As I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest concerns that I've been hearing from my amazing community who've been reaching out to me is needing support with anxiety and feeling overwhelmed. And for good reason, as I mentioned earlier too, it feels a little out of control, but that's exactly why I wanted Dr. Joan Rosenberg to come on and share her tips. They are actionable, they are easy, and they provide structure. And those are the pieces that we need to really be able to transform where we're at at a low energy emotional state to a high energy emotional state. I love that Dr. Joan has studied how to move through any unpleasant emotion, whether it's anxiety or anger or fear, by mastering our mindset. And I truly believe that we have all of that inside of ourselves to make that change. Now, if you would like to get a copy of Dr. Jones' Ease Your Anxiety book for free, I have the link to download the book in the show notes, and I highly recommend it. It's a great resource, and goodness knows we could read a good book, especially a book that could help us move through these unpleasant emotions. I also want to recommend that you go and grab her new book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. It is powerful and it looks deep into how to experience those emotions and move through them. It's a tool that each of us can really use right now and the link to the book will also be in the show notes. You have both of her books. One's free, one you can get on Amazon and they are phenomenal for having the tool set to manage and support and process our emotions. So thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the Essentially You podcast. Coming up next, we are getting back into it. I initially had Jennifer Powder coming on, but we brought on Dr. Joan Rosenberg instead. So now I'm officially bringing Jennifer Powder to disrupt the diet mindset and provide us with sustainable solutions for lasting weight loss. And goodness knows who isn't always looking for lasting weight loss when it comes to reducing inflammatory weight. That is very much what I love to talk about when it comes to women's hormones. And Jennifer is going to break it down for each and every one of us. So until then, I am sending you so much love, sending you so much light. And I promise you, I am here as a resource and we are going to get through this together. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.